Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome to the local angle on FanDuel TV. Shiel Kapati here, joined by Ben Solak from the Ringers Philly special. We will, of course, break down the Eagles' thrilling 37 34 overtime win over the Bills. Then Brian Barrett and James White from Off the Pike will join to talk about the Patriots' loss to the Giants. John Jastrzemski, JJ from New York, New York, will offer the Giants' perspective on that game. He'll also talk about the Jets' Black Friday loss to the Dolphins. And finally, Jason Goff. From the full go, we'll preview Bears-Vikings. But you know what we have to start with, Ben. So like a thriller. Uh, I thought middle of the third quarter, I'm preparing my takes for the show. I'm ready to rip a lot of people on this Eagles team. And what do they do? Once again, they had 24-14 in the third quarter. They had like 76 yards passing through three quarters. And what do they do? They storm back. They win this football game 37-34 in overtime to improve to 10 and one on the season. I don't even have a question for you. You don't even need me to tee you up. How are you feeling after this victory? Yeah, I, it's, they're immortal. Like I think I said after the Chiefs game, I'll keep saying every time they win one of these games, they just can't die. But as hard as they try, they cannot lose a game. No matter what they do, it'll be Jake Elliott in the rain, 59-yarder to send it to overtime. Uh, Hayden Wings of Underdog Fantasy tweeted out uh, the Bills being the fourth team ever to win the turnover battle, have 500 total yards, outgain the opponent by at least 127 yards, and still lose. That, like, like, in no world did the Eagles win this game. Not in, in, in very few worlds did they win this game. But 
man, does, does, does they just continue to do it. Like, it, it is a unbelievable thing still to watch, even after all of these wins to watch. This team get into so many environments in which other teams crumble. They start to get procedural penalties when they're in field goal range. Like, all right, this is it. They finally made the mistake. No, they didn't. Jake Elliott saves them. They get, uh, uh, you know, the, the turnovers to end the first half, and they go into halftime at a double-digit uh, double deficit. You go, all right, they have 39 yards passing at the half. The rain is coming down. They can't figure that this is finally it, the game where it catches up to them, and it never catches up to them. They just continue to run with fire on their heels and win game after game after game. They are 10-1. and They've beaten the Chiefs and the Bills. They've already beaten the Cowboys this season. We were so, so terrified of this stretch. We were so terrified of, uh, Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, and they've played that stretch and they just walk through it like, like it's like it's not a thing. It's something to watch, man. It really is. Remind the people the only quarterback to beat the Eagles so far this season: Zach Wilson, <laughs> Zach Zach QB three on the Jets, Zach behind Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon Wilson. It's uh, I I hope I want the Eagles so badly to win every single game this season in the Super Bowl so that that trivia can fact can exist. Forever, the one loss for the set, the sixteen and one Eagles, the Super Bowl champion Eagles, was Zach Wilson and the Jets. All right, so we're going to get into all of the the details, the minutia with this game. If you are a fan who attended this game, if you are a fan who watched this game, amazing experience. This is like when this is when you're bouncing the grandkids uh, on your knee and telling them about uh, a long time from now. It was that type of game, very fun. However, let's zoom out and answer this big picture question first, then, because are the Eagles? The luckiest team in the NFL are the Eagles, a team of destiny, just resilient, clutch, knows how they know how to win because you and I do analysis on the entire NFL and we look at other teams sometimes that win in this manner over and over and over again. And I don't know about you. My general inclination is to be like, well, they're not quite as good. As that record indicates, the Eagles right now are seven and one in games decided by seven points or fewer. Here, here's one that I think you're going to like, Soleil. Since 2000, there have been 30 teams that have been 10 and one or better through 12 weeks of the season. Where do you think the Eagles point differential ranks among those 30 teams? For 10 and one teams, uh, uh, since last 2000, years, since 2000, yep. it's been 30 of them. I mean, like it's 29th or 30th, yeah? 30th. Plus, yeah. there's plus 64. No team that has had 10, 10 wins through 12 weeks of the season has had a lower point differential than the Eagles. 24 of the 30 were plus 100 or better. Now, having said that, we watch this time and again. And what you say is right. Jalen Hurts, Jake Elliott, 59 yarder. He doesn't care. He's just sitting on the bench, annoyed at how they handled the last drive, ready to come out in overtime, make a play happen. Defense needs a play. Uh, they make a play. The Bradbury interception earlier. So what is it? If you're an Eagles, does it, ma- it, probably, it doesn't matter, first of all. If you're an Eagles fan, you're like, who cares? We're 10 and 1. We're probably going to be the one seed in the NFC. But let's zoom out and just try to assess how good is this team? Where do you kind of land on? Yeah. Uh, so I definitely think that like the average Eagles fan gets the sense that this team is not as good as last year's team. Like I think if you watch every single uh, game that this team plays, that's pretty apparent to you, right? They make more mistakes. They clearly have more turnovers, right? Hurts was so good at protecting the ball last year. This year, the Eagles suffer from a lot of turnovers. They're above league average of turnovers on offense. Uh, and their uh, their offense is clearly more disjointed, right? There's uh, uh, Last year, it felt like they would always just get into a rhythm, find a play that worked, find a couple ideas, find a couple wrinkles, and then just start pushing it down the field by the second quarter. They were unstoppable. This year, it's much more herky-jerky. This year, it's much more irregular, right? So I think visibly, uh, 
football watchers, I watch the Eagles every single Sunday for uh, 10 years, 20 years. This team is clearly not as good as they were. However, when you have a team that's 10 and 1 like this and, and they're skating by, by, you know, by the skin of their teeth and they're winning some games they don't deserve to win, uh, Greg Rosenthal of, of around the NFL uh, tweeted out the Eagles have been outgained by at least 100 yards in four straight games. They're 4 and 0 in those games, right? And so when you're watching this and, 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 and seeing a team kind of skate by with some wins maybe they shouldn't necessarily have, you, the fact that the Eagles were as good as they were last year is actually constructive to that. It's like it's soothing to that because if this were just like an average team that were punching above their weight and winning games they don't deserve to win, you would say, okay, eventually the floor is going to come out from underneath them. But now we have just two years of the Eagles just don't lose games. Two years. Like, Jalen Hurts has won seven games in a row, which he's been trailing by 10 points. Right? Like, we have... We have that's this that's team the... Has, wi- say that again. That is the wild... That might be the wildest stat of In the last seven games that Jalen Hurts has played, in which he has been trailing by 10 points, he is 7-0. and That's not wow. how... That's not how trailing by 10 points is supposed to work, okay? <laughs> uh, so it's the fact that they have such a large body of, of good play. And, and critically, good play through different avenues. Is what we always talked about with this team, right? Is the Devontae Smith game, the A.J. Brown game, the DeAndre Swift game, the Jalen Hurts game. Such that they're, they're really never at, like, at, at no point have they ever seen, like, completely and totally dazed. Never, like, they, like, like uh, you use the boxing analogy, they take a right cross and they just lose the fight. They lose the tempo. They lose their, their, their gut. They lose their, their metal. They just are out of the fight now. Now it's just a matter of time before the finishing blow comes. They are never out. They are never down for the count because they've been doing this for so long. First, playing at a very high level and then also winning close games so that even when they're not playing at a high level, as they were for a majority of this game, they can say, well, all right. We've had enough moments of A.J. Brown makes breaks four tackles, enough moments of DeAndre Swift with an explosive run, enough moments of Jalen Hurts third down, scramble outside of the pocket, make a play, that we can scrape this thing together. Like, we, even if we don't end up becoming, like, dominant on every single snap and just running away with this, we can get enough good plays to get back in this thing, right? And then they do. They get third and 15, Alamide, Sikias, Moss on the back pylon. They have... There's just the, they have just been here so much. They are just totally unflappable. They never, ever, ever blink. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I think we can say, if nothing else, they always will give themselves a chance. I mean, you can last 26 games with Jalen Hurts as the starter in the regular season. They're 24 and two. I mean, come on. If you're an Eagles fan listening, that will never happen again in your lifetime. I can't say that with like 100% certainty. I'm pretty sure that's never again uh, going to happen. So, I mean, I look at it, these coin flip games, generally they, I mean, you might have a lucky season. There's no doubt about it. Generally, they kind of even out. They give themselves chances. I don't think they're a juggernaut that's just like far and away the best team in the NFL, although the standings would tell you. I mean, this is rare, Ben. They're 10 and one. Every other team has at least three losses. We, I feel like we say this every week. Now we're going, what's next? We're going into week 13. And you have a two-game lead on every other team in the NFC with two huge ones coming up here uh, against the 49ers and the Cowboys. All right, here are some things that had to happen for them to win this game. You block a 34-yard field goal. If Jalen Carter, you know, if you weren't Big happy ball. enough with, with, with Jalen Carter, he just gets his hand uh, on that bad boy. Bills miss a 48-yard field goal. And then the, I mean, what's going through your head? Okay, so that let's let's go to that last drive of regulation. So they're driving, Jalen Hurts, completion, 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 complete. And then all of a sudden, drive stalls a little bit. Jason Kelsey, I don't know how a center is ever still enough to not be called for a false start, by the way. Like, I just generally, yeah. my body has to move a little bit. Jason Kelsey gets called for two false starts. Then on third down, 
Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown on this, uh, I think it was like a return route that is basically at the line of scrimmage. You don't gain any yards on that. You line up for a 59-yard field goal in the rain. I know you have your Jake Elliott uh, jersey on right now. but He's never you, missed a kick. He's never missed a kick. So, were you, I mean, were you feeling it in that moment? Did you really think he's making this? We're going to overtime, or were you like, oh, offense, come on. You could have given yes. him uh, a few more yards there. I thought he was making the kick. I, absolutely. Firstly, Jake Elliott's never missed a kick. Write that down. Secondly, uh, next-gen stats, uh, uh, after he made the kick, which is a 20.9% chance of making it, next-gen stats tweeted out, Elliott has made all three of his field goals with a sub-25% make probability in his career, which is the most attempts by any kicker without a miss since 2016. Elliott is so good. He's so obnoxiously good. And, and that 59-yarder, he hits on a drive, too. He hits on a line. That sucker was good from 63, brother. What I mean, was it really good? I need to see a next, because it felt like it was good from, like, 75. Like, it was not even close. I mean, I, the end of that Texans game today yeah. where the guy's putting all of his might into it, and it hits the crossbar, and this didn't even feel like he had to try that hard, and it went so I, it's, the uprights. Distance-wise, I feel like it had to have been good from the high 60s. It was starting to lean into the pylon. And, and, yeah. uh, but is that what the vertical thing is called? Well, crossbar upright, uh, upright. We started to lean to the upright. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't think either. I'm like cross. But listen, it was a weird brain game. is fried. A full right. NFL <laughs> Sunday overtime game. I don't remember the words. It was <laughs> starting to lean to the right upright, and so I don't know if it would have been good from that long, but I had the leg for it. But yeah, also I knew he was going to hit it because I knew the Eagles were going to win because that's what they do. The defining, like the defining characteristic of like the Dolphins is that they do motion and, 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 and speed. And the defining characteristic of the Niners is that they do play action. And the defining characteristic of the, of the Browns is that they have a four-man rush. And the defining characteristic of the Eagles is they win the game. And the defining characteristic of the Bills is Josh Allen's incredible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, every, like, all the great teams have like a defining characteristic, and the Eagles one is just whatever happens, they end up winning on the scoreboard at the end. So just that, that's, that's their character. That's their quality. So yeah, I knew he was going to make it. That drive was really nicely managed. Up until those false start penalties. And then I think Hurts throwing to A.J. Brown, there was a really bad error. Because God forbid he catches that. You've gained nothing and now you're in fire drill for the kick. I think he has to not throw that. He has to throw the ball further down the field. Uh, and you're fine getting tackled in space. You're, you're honestly kind of fine with an incompletion too. The nightmare is sack or tackled for no gain. Then it puts you in fire drill mode. And so that was a bad choice by him. Largely it was a good drive though. Uh, and then yeah, Ellie has to come out and make the kick and he does. What, what, what a shot. What a shot. Eagles improve to 10 and 1. All right. For those listening, we will take a quick break here. We'll come back, talk more about this game on the Ringers Philly special. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. 
Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. All right. We are back on the ringers. Philly special. Uh, Benny says, all right, let, let, let's do this. So they're down 24-14. What happened after? Okay, so Bills, Bills put together this drive, nine plays, 70-yard drive. Josh Allen, just like incredible in this game. I mean, I can't believe that guy's not going to be playing in the playoffs. Really, you know, we can get into the defensive numbers, and I look forward to seeing what it looked like on film. It just felt like there was play after play after play here where you're like, all right, tip your cap to that guy. All right, tip your cap to that guy. Uh, he wouldn't go down on sacks. Yeah. He would escape. He, he made every uh, third and long. So, uh, Are you, you ready know, for he, a ludicrous, ludicrous Bills offense stat? They were 13 for 22 on third down. They had had 22 third downs and they completed over 50%. Disgusting. They ran 92 plays. This is something to get, you know, think about, and we don't need to look ahead yet. We've got all week, but looking ahead to this Niners game, your defense was on the field for 92 snaps against the Buffalo Bills uh, in this game. So, all right, they, they have a great drive. Go up 24-14. At that point, to me, I'll be honest, I felt like, all right, this is caught up uh, to the Eagles. I don't think they're going to win this game. I think there's going to be a lot of takes about, finally, you know, it finally caught up to them. Eagles aren't as good as their record uh, has indicated. They lose this one. Now they've got the 49ers and the Cowboys. This, you know, this could be a really rough stretch for them where it kind of evens out. Eagles. So seven plays, 75 yards, down the field, 34-yard Catch and run by Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts scramble, and then Jalen Hurts 15-yard touchdown to Devontae Smith on the fake screen. Uh, great catch, great scheme, 24-21 at that point. Devontae Smith was incredible. Devontae, man, he's he's what a saving grace they have there. I don't know what's gonna happen contract-wise, and if they could keep him forever. But it's what he's a relief. Staying. They're not there. Right. If you th- if you haven't paid attention to Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie over the years, and you think they're going to let that player yeah. we watched today in his prime walk, <laughs> uh, you you don't know what you're talking about. They will. They abs- I mark this down. He is a hundred percent getting a yeah. second contract from the Philadelphia. I will wear. What will I do? What, what what do you want me to do? I will wear a. I will grow a mustache out, and I will wear it on this podcast. For the post first post game pod of the post Devonte Smith era, if there is a post Devonte Smith era, that's how confident I did. I've, yeah. I've never grown a mustache, so that's how confident I feel about it. I so I agree. I didn't want to <laughs> insinuate there that they weren't going to resign him. <laughs> it's just to say it's so convenient for them that they can get into a, a situation where their primary pass rusher gets taken away, and then they end up having to throw the guy the throw to wide receiver two, and wide receiver two catches everything, everything. Think of the last bad Devontae Smith drop. He had the one game. He did have one game this year where he had drops. That's why it stands out. He had one bad game this year. What game was one it? bad game in his Eagles career. I don't remember. Was it the Jets game? It was, it was one Honestly, of those it games. It probably was because that's the one they yeah. lost. Yeah. It's the only yeah, way they could lose a game. So I, yeah. Right. De, the, what Devontae brings in terms of reliability, especially in these non-Goddard reps because they're missing Goddard so, so, so much. A huge part. Oh, I think the offensive perky jerkiness over the last two weeks, they don't have their yak guy, right? Like the, this, this early stretch for the, the Eagles offense where they were struggling to put points on the board, right? Only seven points in the first half. Uh, Hertz is holding onto the ball for a year, 
right? His time to throw at some point in the second quarter was like over four seconds, ludicrously high. That his checkdown option, his dump the ball off and, and save me and give me the second and five option is Goddard. And he doesn't have that player. So the, the reliability of Goddard absent makes Devontae Smith's reliability, the fact that he catches everything, no matter where he is on the field, no matter what defensive bodies are around, down the field, vertical, tight window, doesn't matter. The fact that he catches everything is just such an enormous relief to this team. Uh, they're like, uh, Hertz can just throw the ball at two guys and expect them to save him, expect them to make a play for him, and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And then when it's not them, apparently it's Alameda Zakiyah, so whatever. Like, it's just anybody who's wearing Kelly Green going to be fine. That was, I forgot about that when I was naming all the unlikely stuff. Alameda Zacchaeus basically had a contested catch on a scramble drill for a 29-yard touchdown. That That's where this team is right now. So they string together that drive, uh, cut it to 24-21. And then, you know, top five biggest play of the game, James Bradbury interception on Josh Allen. I don't know how closely you've gotten to watch that one or uh, if yeah. you've if you've rewatched it there, uh, what did you think uh, on that one? Is that a good call? Sort of, uh, you know, they're trying to trap him there with was Diggs running like a little stick route there uh, against cover two, and he comes off and, and picks it off, or how did you see that one? Yeah, the uh, the Bills run that concept a lot. They're going to run the outside receiver vertical, and they're going to run the inside receiver, the slot receiver, on just a quick little out route. And the reason they run that a lot is because you love to be able to throw that vertical receiver if there's a deep half safety. Not going to get there in time. It's outside of the numbers. And Allen, Allen's one of the few quarterbacks in the league who can reliably make this throw. So they run this concept a lot because it's like, haha, we can, you can't. We're always going to be right. Now Allen's thrown like three picks on this concept this year because Allen tends to just say like, oh, you got the right coverage for me. You saw what I was doing, but I'm just going to hammer it in there anyway. I'm Josh Allen. So he's thrown picks on this against the Bengals. That corner, who was Bradbury, sank underneath the vertical route. Allen threw it right to him, and so it's 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 a really really good play by Bradbury. Because the temptation is to say, I'm going to show underneath. Allen's going to think he can throw behind me to that vertical receiver. I'm going to sink under. I'm going to go get to it. So the temptation is to flash that you're going to that, that out route, which is your responsibility. It's where you should be. And then bail and try to trick him and go get the vertical route. But Bradbury says he's got digs against Christian Ellis. Like He's probably going to throw this. And Reed will solve my problem if I leave that receiver. Reed will at least make the tackle, get a first down, whatever. I'm going to jump this out route. And that's just Bradbury being a really good bet. That's something that I think a lot of young corners wouldn't be able to do. But Bradbury's an older corner. is kind of like, okay, you think you're one step ahead of me, but actually I'm two steps ahead of you. And I'm just going to drive on this sucker. And then being able to win that catch through a contested position is great. So that's veteran play one-on-one by Bradbury. He's doing his job, but he's also doing his job very, very intelligently. It's easy to give that route up, but to see the matchup, to know that you're protecting a linebacker who's not played a lot of snaps, that Cunningham goes down, Ellis is in. It's really, really, really good play. Game-changing play as well. Sort of uh, n- not the same play by any means, but I remember that interception he had against the Jaguars last year where we're like, all right, this is James Bradbury just being a really smart player, uh, knowing what's coming his way, knowing how the defense is being attacked and making a play. So he comes up with the interception there. Uh, Eagles get the ball back. They take their first lead since very early in the game. Uh, they have two negative plays. You know, I think, they had a, uh, I think they had a run that was for a loss, and then they had a Jalen Hurts uh, I can't remember if it was a designed run or if he just got sacked. So you're third and long. Jalen Hurts rolls to his left, starts pointing around, fires one, 
back. Who did you think? Did, who did you think was actually catching that ball when Olamide? Did you AJ Brown, Devontae Smith? You could, when did you realize? Wait, that's Olamide Zacchaeus that came down with a 29 yard touchdown to put the Eagles uh, in front here yeah. for the first time. I was positive it was Devontae. That felt like a Devontae <laughs> skyscraper catch for sure. Olamide, which shout out. Man, right when your number is called, like his hands aren't even warm. A yeah. ball has not hit his mitts all day. And you go up there, climb the ladder, make that catch. Come on, not even Julio. They kind of got Julio for that nonsense. Nope, Lamade, which Lamade might have been wrong on the Jalen Hurts fumble. Kenneth Gainwell put the ball in the belly of the back way too late play in the first half. That's an RPO. Hurts wants to throw the RPO. And when he's ready to throw, no one of the two receivers at the top of the screen have turned yet. I'm pretty sure the receivers were Alameda and Devante. One of them is very clearly Alameda. The other one, I, I can't tell who it is. Uh, so there's a chance that like Alameda screwed up that play. Hertz wants to throw it to him. He didn't turn around as fast as he was supposed to. So then Hertz is off timing and tries to give it to Gainwell, which is a mistake by Hertz, and the ball gets tumbled or whatever. There's yeah, a chance Alameda has. It, you can't yeah. try to correct that by doing what he did, I, yeah. I think, is you know certainly. Yeah. So I like wide receiver gets a knock. Hurts definitely gets a knock. Gainwell's probably innocent, even though Eagles fans will be furious because he's not DeAndre Swift, so he shouldn't be playing, which I get. I really do. Swift is so good. Uh, yeah, so like, there's a chance Lombardi had a bad play that you know is a, a knock against him, but altogether, man, I mean, he, he gets his flowers for an enormous play uh, uh, to keep the Eagles in this one when his number was called. Big stuff. And the Bills get the ball back. It's 28-24, and they string together like uh, uh, just a terrific drive. They go 70 yards on 10 plays. They start the drive out three straight runs of 10 plus yards. And then, you know, I think they had a, a fourth run in there. They had a screen to Stefan Diggs uh, and then they hit Gabe Davis on the RPO. They go up 31, 28. Here we go. Once again, Eagles get the ball with a chance to tie or win the game. This is the, the one we were talking about earlier. They go 34 yards on nine plays. They had 152 left and two timeouts. So I mean, the drive, like you mentioned, they're managing this thing. Great. Completion to A.J. Brown for nine yards. Completion to Kenny Gainwell. He goes out of bounds. Completion to A.J. Brown for 10 or 11. Another first down. Again, Kenny Gainwell in the flat. He gets out of bounds. Complete to Devontae Smith. I mean, five straight completions to start the drive, which probably we... We shouldn't just take for granted. I mean, we again, yeah. we, I've watched football all day. If you're listening, you watch football all day. You watch it's like it's even when you have a quarterback who you think is very good, great, and you trust in that spot, it doesn't always go like that, where it's just five straight completions in a big spot to start out the drive. Then it gets a little dicey. You have the false start on Jason Kelsey. Eagles have to use the timeout to avoid the 10 second runoff. Then Hertz gets hit by AJ Epinesa. Jordan Mailata gets beat. You're like, is that a fumble? Is that an incomplete pass? It looked like an incomplete pass right away, but they always right. rule it. It's a fumble on the field. Uh, so you have that. So it gets a little dicey. Then you have a Hertz QB draw. Third and 13, no timeouts. 30 seconds left from the Buffalo 37. And you have another false start on Jason Kelsey. Now it's third and 17 from the Buffalo 41. You're going, oh, this drive was going so well. You're going the wrong way. What are you doing? Just give him a chance here. Uh, and then that goes to the play you mentioned there where, where Hurt throws it to A.J. Brown right at the line of scrimmage. Basically, he gets tackled. Uh, uh, wait, no, he got, it was incomplete or he caught it? I can't even It remember. was incomplete. They should have. <laughs> okay. They yes, should have. If he caught it, it would have been a fire yeah. drill. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And then they just come out. Yeah and they nail the 59-yard field goal. All right, what, what were your other takeaways from that possession that tied it? 
Now, what ended up being important on that possession that, like, you know, different universes and whatever. On 3rd and 12, they, they have the false start. They land it for 3rd and 17. Uh, Sean McDermott calls a get the defense ready timeout, right? So now 3rd and 17, all right, uh, Eagles are, are, are going to try to run a play incomplete to A.J. Brown. McDermott calls a second timeout before the field goal, right? Uh, 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 ice kicker, get your, your field goal block ready, whatever. So when Elliott hits it and there's 20 seconds left, Instead of having three timeouts, or maybe even two timeouts, like maybe you needed one of those timeouts, you were in like legitimately a bad call on defense of 30-17. You, uh, you go with one. And so when the Bills get the ball in the 25-yard line with Josh Allen, and Tony Romo is, let's do a, let's do a nice Tony Romo impersonation. Oh, Jim, if they throw it in the middle of the field, and if it goes in the out-of-bounds, if you can get 20 yards. Jim said, Tony's talking through all these hypotheticals. <laughs> Tony, Tony's getting ready for the, the potential game-winning Josh Allen drive. They walk out and they kneel it. And they only have one timeout in the, in the pocket. They had two. That's guaranteed two plays working middle of the field, right? Being able to, uh, to operate the entire uh, uh, area of the field, which is huge in that, in that context. I, I, I thought it was very surprising that the Bills did not go for a, a game-winning drive there. Even if you pick up 20 yards on play one and you call a timeout and you have 11 seconds left, Allen can hit the end zone from the 40, even in that weather. Just do it, dude. And like... Someone made the point, I can't remember if it was, I think Tony made the point where he was like, with the Eagles defensive line as it is, like a strip sack as possible, uh, grab your $250 million quarterback and say, don't fumble, and then put him out there, champ. Like, what are we talking about here, strip sack as possible? You got to trust the guy. So I was surprised they didn't, they didn't uh, go for that. Now, they get rewarded, get the ball first, and they get, you know, punch it in. They, they had themselves a nice, they had that nice running drive uh, to, to take the lead late in the game. They were moving the ball pretty consistently on that drive. The Bills had a lot of chances to win this game, even within the context of, of Elliott hitting, hitting that kick. And they, they couldn't convert. Eagles could. I totally agree. If, if any team knows what can happen in 20 seconds, shouldn't it be this team? Uh, you know, the, you only need 13 seconds. And it's like the way Josh Allen was playing here. Yeah, that, that I mean, that's why you pay him all that money. And he was having a great game. Like he wasn't having a game where he was making, you know, he has those games where he makes bad decisions over and over again. And you're like, he doesn't have it. This was not that kind of game. I mean, oh, it was an MVP my, caliber game. He was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. It was one of the best games a quarterback has played this season. I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would certainly put it in the top 10, but I always go back to the do the thing. The other team's fan base doesn't want you to do. I mean, what do you think Eagles fans would have preferred there? That they take a knee or that they're like, Josh Allen, see if you can make two two really big plays and maybe try for a really long field goal or a Hail Mary, like you said. I mean, they didn't even have to call a play, honestly. They could have just said, Josh Allen, go out there. Receivers, do what you want. Uh, see how far we get here. And you're, and that's a good point about the timeouts. Yeah, if, if they had those, who knows? Maybe they do it differently. I think they should have taken a shot um, anyway, especially, yeah. the, you know, the, the Eagles were kind of going up and down the field finally. Uh, at that point there. So that surprised me. Yeah, that possession, then the Bills get the ball first in overtime. And like you mentioned, they go right down the, you know, really right down the field there at what the Eagles 26 yard line. And then they've got the the third and seven. And I think Eagles go zero blitz there. I don't, I didn't see a great replay of it. And Gabe yep. Davis, man, it just running in the end. It's it's a nut like listen, I'm not trying to be if you're an Eagles fan, you're like, stop pointing out all these things that could have happened for the other team to win. Our team won. You're right. That's absolutely right. But you can't shake some of these things. I mean, if they're on the same page there, 
that is a touchdown. That is a game-winning touchdown. We're opening this podcast talking about, was that the right call for Sean Desai to be aggressive uh, in that spot? What did, what did you think of that last miss, third down? I mean, right. really, if we pick three plays, why the Bills, you know, their biggest miss opportunities, that's absolutely on the list. Yeah, oh, it's the number one. This is a very tricky one because who's wrong? Gabe Davis for not leaning the route inside once he clearly wins. Josh Allen for not getting the ball further outside. The answer is neither. Like, Allen's right that Davis should just get his head around and make him correct on zero blitz. Davis is right that the route has to bend to the outside. It has to bend away from coverage. Allen's got to get the ball out there. And Sean Desai is correct to say, I've got to blitz him, and hopefully I can get enough guys on him. Right, because... That's third and seven. Yeah, that's worse than mistake, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Previously on the drive, third and nine from the Bills, 26. 13-yard completion, Gabe Davis, first down. Very next first down, first and 10, second and nine, third and nine. Josh Allen, 15-yard scramble, first down, right? So they, listen, you, he had already got you on two third and longs. I, there's a problem, like, Desai was probably tilting a little bit. Like, he was probably a little bit on tilt and, like, exhausted. You've been playing for so long. You're up against 92 plays, like you said. There's probably some frustration in the call, but in general, it's a, hey, like, if we can get this guy to, to throw hot because we're going to send zero at him, then we're getting the ball out of his hands early. We like that because he's been killing us on the scramble, and we might be able to get a miscommunication, and you do, right? You get him and Davis on the same on, on different pages, and accordingly, even though you didn't cover Davis, you forced the field goal. So, like, a little bit all's well that ends well. Yes, it's a good call, but that's part of the logic of, of the zero blitz. You don't always do it saying... We have to get a sack here for this to be a successful call. It can also just be a disruption. In that case, it worked for them. Nothing else was working on third down against Josh. You yeah. might as well just put it all on the line. You're putting the pressure on them to execute with the clock being sped up and two players being on the same page. If they are, and a lot, you know, a lot of times they are, and you get burned by it, then you end up losing the game. If they're not, then what happens is this. You, you force them to kick the field goal you get the ball back. So Eagles then get the ball back. Game-winning drive, 5.52 left, their own 25. Hurts run for eight. Uh, dump off to DeAndre Swift for a first down. Incompletion. Uh, then they have the play action to Devontae Smith. Again, comes through huge in that spot. Uh, big game there. Another play action. Hurts scrambles. Third and four. Big completion to who else? Devontae Smith. And then DeAndre Swift. I'm telling you, if you look at every big Eagles Scoring possession of the last two weeks, there is a big play by DeAndre Swift on pretty much every single one of them. He cuts it back. He breaks the tackle. All of a sudden, you're at the 12-yard line. Uh, Hertz runs it in. Great block by Jason Kelsey on that play, and you win 37-34. What'd you think of that last drive by the Birds? I mean, yeah, it was uh, the, firstly, the fact that QB draw keeps showing up in all of these environments were like, Either it's a touchdown play, in this case a game-winning play, QB drive, or QB draw, excuse me, or on that third and 12 when they had no timeouts over the game-winning field goal, Hurts checked into QB draw. He checked into like, I'm going to run for six yards and we're going to do fire trail. The, uh, the Eagles checked to QB draw against a ton of different fronts, right? Basically, if they get a look, it can be like five in the box or it can just be like three over three to one side of the line where Kelsey's going to pull. They will check to it. Uh, on any downer distance. They love the call, and they feel like it puts the ball in the hands of their best player and Jalen Hurts running behind their other best player and Jason Kelsey. Like, they, 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 like how can you not feel good about that, right? Uh, Jordan Mailata gave a quote in, in the postgame press where he said when they had that, that, that touchdown 12-yard uh, run for, on, on QB draw there to win the game in overtime, 
they walked out of the huddle, got on formation, saw the defense the Bills were giving them, and were absolutely stunned. They're like, "Really, you want to you want to lose to draw, right? Like you're going to let us do this again? All right, like if, if this is what you like, right? Now I don't know what exactly the look is. I imagine there's some like they want a bubble over the guard, and so the Kelsey can pull, and they want like you know linebackers and and the nickel out wide. Like what I don't know exactly what the look is that they like, but in general, like that play for them. That 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 draw run they did a ton against the Chiefs in the postseason. This to them, it's their break glass in case of emergency button, and they can get to it from the line of scrimmage if they're in like four wide, or if they're in empty, and they can motion guys out. They feel very comfortable, and you see Hertz do it all the time. So walk up, be like, Cam, snap, and then oh, it's third and six. We're running draw. We think we can get it. If we don't get it, we're just going to touch budget. And obnoxious, hilarious, successful. It yeah, I mean it. It really is. It's like that. Yeah, you're right. They have so many of these break glass, uh, break in uh, glass in case of emergency. You know, the the tush push, the brotherly shove. I should say, uh, the QB draw. Some of the stuff to AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. So zooming out, looking at this offense, you mentioned it. So so this offense, the first half. I mean, sucked. Let's be honest. They they were terrible. I mean, they, the yes. first seven possessions. By the way, some games you only get like eight or nine possessions. So if it's like a different type of game, uh, you know, you don't even get these opportunities. Uh, they didn't do anything. They end the game, however, their last six possessions: touchdown, 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 punt, field goal, touchdown. <laughs> it's just like if there's good, if there's enough possessions, they're gonna figure it out eventually. They're going to score eventually. Uh, I think you have to have some concern, certainly, about the passing game. The last two weeks, Jalen Hurts finishes this game 18 for 31 for 200 yards, three touchdowns, uh, and one interception. He also runs 14 times for 65 yards uh, and two touchdowns. Devontae Smith has seven catches for 106, so he has over half of their passing yards in this game. Like, where are you with this? It's it's like an impossible question to answer. Where are you with this offense right now as we look ahead to what are we, 10 and one? So they have what, six, six more to the final six games and the playoffs. Right. Do you feel good? Do you feel bad? Are you in the middle? Are you rationalizing stuff? Are you more worried than you want to say on this podcast because you don't want Eagles fans to yeah? Like, where are right. you with this? I don't know where I am. So help me. Where should I be with this offense right now? So uh, this is... The one-sentence summary of the Eagles' offense is this. Even with Dallas Goddard out, the Eagles have too many star players to be bad on offense for four quarters. Like they, 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 have, they have too many star players for you to take away everything consistently. They just do. Like it, it, you, The Chiefs game and the Bills game, in both of them, both defenses walked out with good game plans. Both defenses try to take away the vertical ball to A.J. Brown, and they're getting brackets and double looks on A.J. Brown in there. Mush rushing Jalen Hurts, getting him uncomfortable in the pocket, right? Like multiple, multiple reps early in this Bills game. They are rushing just through Jordan Mailata, through Jack Driscoll, through Cam Jurgens, not trying to get to Hurts, just trying to push him, just trying to make him feel heat so that he runs. And then they'll go handle him when he runs, right? They'll challenge him to make throws on the move. Like they, they, they walk out with great game plans. They take away all the, all the scary stuff, and it looks awesome. And then eventually the Eagles go, oh, 17-yard catch by Devontae Smith. Oh. 30-yard run by DeAndre Swift. What's that? We're in the red zone. Boop. Give me a draw. Boop. Jewish push. Seven points. And like, even, like, there's always that moment when the Eagles score a touchdown. And I think that that opening, not the opening drive, but the, the touchdown drive of the second half, where, yeah, it was DeAndre Swift uh, run for 36 yards, right? And they handed the ball off to him two more times. Uh, they got a, a Jack Stoll uh, play action catch and run. 
and then they score to A.J. Brown on the little they, – they run that RPO, right, where they fake the zone run, Hurts rolls out, and he goes to throw the flat, right? That's how, that's where they converted with Soul on third and two. They've thrown that flat 10,000 times to Dallas Goddard. They run a slant from the receiver to be a little, like, pick play. A little pick play, slant, flat. He bumps into the flat defender. Nice. And then the flat's wide open. Well, they ran that same play in the red zone, except instead of actually throwing the ball to the flat, the slant runner pretends to set the pick and then just leads to the back of the end zone. They just pop pass it over. They had a touchdown against the Cowboys last year doing that, against the Vikings. They had a look doing that for Devontae Smith. Like, it's just, it's the easiest play ever. That play is a six-play, 62-yard touchdown drive. Not a moment of it is, like, impressive. Not a moment of it is, like, wow. Like, the, like obviously, Dodger Swift, big run, but, like, he was largely untouched for most of it, right? He just, like, found a window. It's just like, okay. Like, they get a couple nice plays. Jack Stoll makes a rep. There we go. Touchdown. But that it, it, it always feels so pedestrian. And it's because their talent is overwhelming. Like, when Swift has the 36-yard run, you don't go, wow, 36-yard run, yard run. You go, okay, finally there he is. I've been waiting for so long. Right? When, when, when A.J. Brown gets the easy touchdown catch with no one near him, you don't go, wow, that's the easiest touchdown pass I've seen all today. You go, finally the Eagles got what they usually get. Other teams don't get that. They don't get, like, untouched touchdown receptions. But the Eagles do. And so there's there's a uh, water against the dam sensation. There's waves against the beach sensation where the Eagles have too many guys. That, that they run unbelievably inevitability to stuff. it. There's an inevitability yes. to it. When you watch them, you're just like, if, if they, you're like, all right, if they get another possession, they're probably going to score. All right, they didn't score there. All right, if they get another possession, they're probably going to score. And you, you are right. Once they score, it feels like once they score once, then it's like, all right, I, you know, then the X, all of a sudden this, the, the, the switch flips in your head from this offense is sucking to then they score once and you're like, they're probably just going to score every time the rest of the game. Right. Honestly, if that's enough for the, the, the Devontae, experience the Devon- of watching it. Yeah. The Devontae Smith touchdown was ghost screen, right? They've ran that 95 times in the last two years. Oh, we're going to throw a bubble screen. Oh, it's a track actually running four verts and drop Devontae Smith's open. It, they, they, it's such basic stuff. They don't do anything fascinating or interesting or revolutionary on offense schematically. And this was true with Shane Steichen, and it's true with Brian Johnson. Steichen was a lot better at like window dressing stuff and knowing when to pitch fastballs and when to pitch changeups than Johnson is. I think Johnson, uh, I, I people get real mad at me. They, like people are like, he's, Ben's going to defend Brian Johnson again on the podcast. I don't think he's good. He's great. I think he's a very league average play caller. But he, they call unbelievably simple schematic stuff, and they just ask the really good players to be better than the other teams. And eventually, they are. Like oh, four quarters, sixty minutes is just too long. You, there, there, there's just too much time for your defense to sustain this amount of offensive talent. They're fifth in EPA per drive. They're fifth in success rate. Do you know how many points per game they scored last year when Jalen Hurts was their starter? Do you have a guess? It was high, it was high 20s, That's yeah. 28.4. How many points per game do you think they're yeah. scoring this year? Okay, so they just had... I mean, it's still going to be up there, right? They've had like 30 points in the Washington game. They just had 37 it's points in this game. <laughs> it's like 29 27. something, yeah. 27.4. Average- okay, there you go. No, 27.4 this year, 28.4 last year. They're averaging one fewer point than they did last year, and they're top five in EPA per drive, and they're top five in success rate. I don't know. I'm with you. If you're listening to those numbers going, it doesn't always feel like that. You're right. It doesn't. It didn't feel that way today. It didn't feel like that last week. They've had four straight games where they go into halftime trailing. They've had four straight games 
where they've been outgamed by their uh, opponent. What did Rosenthal say? By 100? I thought I looked it up and it was like by yeah. at least 98 yards each game, but whatever. They're getting outgamed, outgained by a wide margin. I mean, uh, and they just continue to win over and over and over again to the tune of 10 and 1. So, uh, yeah, I think, I, yeah. I, think you, um, I think you explained that well, their offense. Yeah. Michelle, defensively, APA per drive, they're 25th. They're the eighth worst team in the league. They're 10 and one. How? <laughs> yeah. Some of that is, I think DVOA, they were higher because of the schedule. They were 17th. But yes, they are a mediocre, uh, mediocre defense uh, that is consistently for the last month getting out gained and uh, losing at halftime. And they just win over and over and over again. Uh, what did you think? Let's get to the defense here. They, they give up 505 yards, 29 first downs. We both mentioned, I mean, Josh Allen throws for 339 and runs for 81 and accounts for four touchdowns. Uh, and they still lose the game. I mean, what did you think when you were describing earlier, the James Bradbury interception, they were hitting those whole shots down the sideline over and over again. I mean, I don't know how many I counted, but yeah, Josh Allen was just rifling those where you're like, oh, that's in between a corner, uh, a sinking corner and a safety in front of them for another, you know, 18 yard gain right there. I don't know. Like, like I, this is one where I do have to just look at the, the film and see what they actually tried. That's not good. I'm not making excuses. You give up 505 yards and 29 first downs. That is bad. Uh, it did feel like watching it live. There was less of me going, what are they thinking with that caller? What a bust there. And more of me going, oh my gosh, Josh Allen is just like uh, incredible tonight. I don't, I, how did you feel about it? Yeah, so I think in, in the secondary and in, in the passing game, they were getting out talented, right? Uh, like uh, Darius Slay had a pretty good night. He obviously, I think, had a couple of reps where if you were wearing a different color, I would have been like, hey, that's a penalty. But instead, he's wearing Kelly Green. So I was like, it's fine. Context, People get mad when I say there. the. People get mad when I say Eagles got a good whistle. I mean, if you, if you can't admit today that the Eagles got a good whistle when the Bills got called for 11 pen, 10 penalties in the first half and 11 overall, and you got called for four, I mean, it's, it's okay to admit it sometimes. There are going to be games when the Eagles yeah. don't get a good whistle. I think they probably got a good you whistle. You want to know why the Eagles, you. yeah. You want to know why the Eagles get a good whistle? NFL royalty, all right? Sorry, we're, sorry we're, we get championship calls. I don't know what you want. The, the, the LeBron of football, deal with it. Uh, so, Darius uh, Slade, but I thought in general, like, you saw Bradbury would, would get beaten man coverage at times. They worked over the middle of the field with, with Kincaid pretty successfully, with Gabe Davis pretty successfully. Allen's obviously making heroic throws. The Stephon Diggs touchdown late in the first half. Uh, there's nothing. You, you, that, they, they score on that, and then you jog to the sidelines. Everybody's just like, meh. We had him covered. We had three guys around him. There were underneath open options. If he's going to throw that, whatever. Like, there's nothing you can do. Your hands are tied. Unbelievable throw. Uh, a big, the big storyline that I think developed over the course of the game was the Bills' success running the football, especially late. A lot of that had to do with injury, right? Uh, Fletcher Cox was in the game, left the game. Came back into the game. Uh, Fletch ends up with 21 defensive snaps, according to True Media. I think he tried to go back out there and couldn't. Took himself out, if memory serves. Uh, Jalen Carter ends the day with 73 snaps, which is by far of the highest single-game mark of his, of, of his career. He was more so around like 40 to 50 in his high games, more around the 20s in, in, in his lower games. Jordan Davis with 60 snaps. That is also a high for him. He had never had more than 37 snaps Ooh. 
in a game this season. Uh, so those boys were working. Uh, obviously, no Milton Williams for this game because of injury, so they were already thin. Had to call on Marlon Tuipilotu, played 32 snaps, a single-game high for him. Uh, so the, 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 the boys at defensive tackle had to account for some injuries there, and they were doing their best, but they were clearly flagging late, and the, the Bills were taking advantage of that in the running game. Uh, and then also pass, uh, pass protection-wise, pushing the pocket. You see Allen escaping a lot up the middle, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that just Carter and Davis were playing on dead legs. Should be noted, however, Jordan Davis chasing down a scrambling Josh Allen late in the fourth quarter. Talk about love of the game. 335 pounds of a big man moving. Next Gen had him at like 16.5 miles per hour. Second fastest speed of a 330-plus pounder in their database. He And it was a critical play. He died for it and 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 put the Eagles in a third and long yeah. spot. And so uh, they played with a ton of effort, uh, but Eagles usually have the advantage of having low snap counts and a really fresh defensive line late in the fourth quarter. When they had that Brandon Graham sack, you kind of thought, oh, here it comes. Like the Eagles defense line is going to take over. And then they never really did. And they just played so many snaps. They didn't have the depth that they usually do. Yeah, listen, Davis showed me something. I mean, that's all. And we don't know if he's fully healthy. Um, yeah, what was it? 60 snaps. And also, I forget where I read it. I'm sorry. Someone tweeted out that Fletcher Cox was having like an impassioned, you know, speech with Jordan Davis on the sideline when Cox was out of the game and Davis was making plays in that, on that overtime drive, uh, against the run. Yeah. I mean, he was single-handedly that that's going to be fun film to watch. Like you could tell, yeah, when that play, I mean, he had to dig deep chasing Josh Allen to the sideline and he was doing it. So yeah, I, I think that was th- these snap counts are absurd. Benjamin Kevin Byer, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Reed Blankenship all play 92 snaps today. Nicholas Morrow plays 85 snaps. Hassan Reddick plays 80 snaps. Josh Sweat, 78. Jalen Carter, 73. Bradley Roby, 69. Jordan Davis, 60. Zach Cunningham, 52. He's another guy who left the game. Yeah, so those were the two big ones on defense. Zach yeah. Cunningham left the game. Fletcher Cox left the game. Those two guys left and didn't come back. Uh, we'll see what their status is. Jalen Carter left for like a play, and then he came back. Uh, it seemed like he was fine there. So uh, defensive tackle is a Big one to watch here as we look ahead to next week's Niners game. You know, if Fletcher Cox uh, can't go and we'll see if he can, we'll see what the status is of Milton Williams, typically a very deep position for the Eagles. But if you have two guys out um, against the Niners, then obviously that's going to be tough uh, there. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. We'll see what I mean, the run defense has been so good all season long. It wasn't uh, great tonight. It wasn't great uh, last week against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, so we'll see where it ends up going. And it was, you know, they ran 40 times for 173. And nine of those were, you know, 81 yards with Josh Allen. So maybe not, you know, all their running backs were under three and a half yards per carry. So a lot of it is Josh Allen. Uh, and man, good good luck stopping him. On some, some of the, where we read Blankenship has had a great season, but man, he had no chance. Yeah. Uh, Hassan Reddick in overtime got caught by the oh double pump gosh. fake. Which when you get caught by the double pump fake, you're like, all right. I the first pump fake I was fine. I can't be relied upon to be better on the second one. You, the two pump fake, you just lose to it again. Like Allen, the Stephon Dix touchdown, you just lose to it. The Allen touchdown run, Reed Blankenship in space, you just lose to these plays. He's he's six five two forty. He can throw the ball sixty yards. He can run like a gazelle. You got to shrug and you got to hope you outscore him, and you did. Which is just like the uh, the the defense surviving for the offense against the Chiefs was a huge part of that win. And then the offense being able to keep pace, close the gap, and then keep pace late is a huge part of the win there. So complimentary football, when one, when one unit's got their hands tied, they're at their wit's end, the other unit picks up the slack. 
used to be my go-to move in backyard football. If you're slow like me and you're playing QB and it's, you know, six Mississippi, they blitz so you can scramble. You, you, do, you do the pump fake. You're way past the line of scrimmage, but they don't know that. They're just reacting. Bam, you get them to hesitate for a second. You pick up the first down. You're getting blitz on six Mississippi? Yeah, what do you do? Eight? Was it eight? Soft. I'm not old. No, like four. Get rid of the four. ball. No. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, get through your reads. How, how many people are playing? Like what, are right, six games? on six. If it's like three on three, okay. But I mean, I'm thinking if it's like a if it's a if it's a smaller, if it's like three on okay. three, should it be longer or shorter? I don't know. But listen, we did a longer one. I don't know. That's that's what I remember. This is a long time ago. That's some joy. Is that uh, what happens when you get older? The Mississippi's get longer. Gosh, you forget. Shit. You forget. You don't even remember what the Mississippi's were. Uh, Lane, just speaking of which, Lane Johnson had a groin injury. It's <laughs> a good uh, good segue there. There we go. Uh, Lane Johnson apparently wakes up reportedly with a groin injury has an MRI, tested out before the game, and can't go. So that was probably worth mentioning when we talked about the offense there. Uh, but we'll see what his status is for this game against the San Francisco 49ers. All right. What did I miss here? What's in my leftover pile? Have you noticed this? Uh, before, and, and I do want to get to Cliff at the end here. Have you noticed this Nick Sirianni uh, has become like the most Hated coach by the other 31. We've talked about it before, but last week against yeah. the Chiefs, I felt like it hit another level. Are you feeling Who could that? have possibly seen this coming? <laughs> <laughs> Any way to tell that, like, you know, firstly, whoever's the winningest coach is going to get hate because he's the winningest coach. When he behaves like Nick Sirianni does, which is like generally like 14-year-old Eagles fan behavior. Yeah, I imagine he's going to invite some ire. Yeah, so so that has really been ratcheted up uh, a notch, a storyline to keep an eye on here the rest of the way. Uh, Kelsey went into the locker room before overtime. I don't know if he had to go potty or what was going on there, but it was like, wait, is Kelsey not going to play in overtime or what is happening here? But he came out. Uh, 100% got to be a pee break, right? Long yeah. game. Overtime's going to be your last shot to really go for it. Yeah, that's a pee break. Yeah. I mean, do you go in there for pay? I almost feel like it has to, not to get too graphic. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You know right, right. I mean? exactly. yeah. yeah. It could have been. Just call it a bathroom two. break. That's all you got. <laughs> it might have to be a number two. I'm sure, I'm sure you will explain it on New Heights this week. Someone report back and tell me what he says. Uh, some people were messaging me like, what's up with Jalen Hurts, his facial expression, you know, on the sideline. And after that, uh, Elliot kick, it's just like, I don't know. That's just like he has the exact same look on his face, regardless of what is happening in the game. I've yeah. just accepted that at this point. Am I missing something? Like, I don't think he looked especially annoyed or angry. He literally just sits there with that look on his face on the bench every break, whether they're up by 30 uh, or down by 30. Right. Is that all it is? Yeah. I read nothing into Hertz facial expressions. That I never will. Yeah. I like that's 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 a total nothing burger to me. The only facial expressions that I feel like I actually read into are like, like, you know, like Kelsey, maybe, right, getting fired up or something. Like, A.J. Brown always is mad about something. Like, that's, you know, like this is very, that, there's is nothing. Getting, now, do you, th- do you think that's going to be a story? Actually, that's a good one to touch on. So, A.J. Brown uh, targeted nine targeted nine times? How? Where yeah. was I? Was I, was I, you know, doing a bathroom <laughs> break for some of those? Because I don't remember those. Five catches for 37 yards, long of 11, coming off a one-catch, eight-yard performance. Is this a storyline that surfaces this week? Or is it just like he'll probably have 150 yards next week against the Niners? I mean, I think that when you when it's early in the season and you're playing the Patriots tight and the Vikings tight and the Bucks tight and you feel like you want more targets, it's one thing. I feel like if your team has two huge statement, tough wins against the Chiefs and the Bills, 
it, it, you're less in a position to kind of make that that noise. Now, certainly, like, if the Eagles have a bad offensive first half for the third game in a row and they face the Niners, and Brown is really underproductive and he comes to the sideline, he's chatting and he wants more 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 volume. And remember, he had one against the Chiefs, right, where they, they, he and Hurts kind of had a, a chat on the sideline. I think that's more of like a siloed thing where it's like right now for this game, like this is what I, I need, this is what we got to get going. I don't think it's going to be like, a, man, it's a big problem that I'm not getting volume because Devontae's had great games and they've been winning. So you're not going to necessarily do that. Uh, with that said, I think that when we marvel at how productive A.J. Brown is while also only running four routes, because he only runs, he runs a slant and a curl and a dig and a go. Like, screen. He runs five routes. When we marvel at that, because that like we have and it's incredible and it's sick. This is the other side of that coin where it's easier to take him away structurally, schematically with doubles than it is for other star receivers because you generally know where he's going to be. This isn't like Justin Jefferson where they'll double him and then Jefferson will run a route to break the double. Like he'll he'll break both ankles on both guys. Brown doesn't really play that way. Now, if you're going to devote that many resources to it, you have to deal with the Devontae problem, right? And that's why the it works really well with the Eagles. But in terms of Brown as an individual player and kind of understanding his production relative like a CeeDee Lamb and a Justin Jefferson, some of these other guys who've had historic runs recently, that is one thing about AJ is that like when he runs only five routes and has 150 yards, it's incredible. When he runs only five routes, it's a lot easier to be like, this is how we're going to bracket him because you just kind of know what he's going to do. What did you think of Jordan? Jordan Phillips was, he was looking to become a villain today. Did you see the way he was playing? Did you see that first brotherly shove? Where he just he just jumped off sides and just like like uh like uh beard is that what's the Goldberg thing beard right yeah sure. just bam yeah you know okay you didn't watch wrestling uh just took Cam Jurgens like out before the snap and I mean Cam Jurgens is close to running into Jalen Hurts on that play I was almost wondering is that like a designed or is that just one guy going rogue or what's uh, happening here. Like if, if it's fourth and one and you're like, yeah. you're going to get it anyway, let's just, uh, let's inflict some pain here or come up with something else. I don't know, but he, he and Jurgens were getting after it quite a bit. Yeah. The Eagles do hard count the touch push sometimes. So there's a chance he got caught in the touch push and he's so dedicated to like, you know, collapsing his job, doing his job that he just like blacked out. I don't think he was like trying to, you know, do something there. I do know from the Bills fans. Oh, I think he, he definitely was that he was looking to. I don't know his style of play today was definitely like I'm. I think I think when he shoved up. the dude yes. over the pile, he was trying to get something done for yeah. sure. I will say I know from the amount of Bills fans and beat writers that I follow that the, the Bills do not. They don't love Jordan Phillips. <laughs> Bill, yeah. Bills Bills fans are not the hugest fan of Jordan Phillips in general. So I don't think. Jordan Phillips is a representative of, of, of the Bills culture of playing necessarily. All right. All right. Uh, Cliff, you want to get in, get, close it out with you, uh, with your thoughts, how you're feeling. You were at the link. You were, you were, you were tailgating. I know you're going to be happy. I mean, your team, you move home and your team, your team, the team hasn't lost since Cliff moved home, by the way, I should say that. I mean, they don't lose much in general, but since he moved from Brooklyn jets territory to Philly back home to Philly Eagles territory, they haven't lost a game. <laughs> Look, man, I'm feeling good after the win. First of all, we got a shot of Benny Souls, man. Benny Souls, you got a big announcement to make. You haven't even told the people in the Ringers Philly special yet what's going on. Like, oh, let the folks right. know yeah. what's up. That's right. Right. Well, I made the joke at, about Shield getting older and in the Mississippi's. I thought it was going to hit me back with it. Yeah, no, uh, I'm going to have a kid in May, so I'm pretty stoked about that. My wife and I are pregnant. Let's go. Pretty, uh, yeah. Let's uh, go. Uh, I'm pretty, yeah. I, 
you're going to be an Eagles fan, going to be born into a great Eagles team. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> looking, looking forward to, to telling the, the four-month-old, that, yeah, this is always how it goes. We just win games. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, very excited. Can't wait. Super pumped. Uh, more pumped about this Eagles win, I would say. Because Eagles win, and then the pregnancy. Like, no. <laughs> Yo, that's just, I don't think I don't think your wife would appreciate that. She doesn't listen. Don't worry about it. Okay, all right, good. Either way, uh-huh. man, I was at the link earlier today. I had a couple friends hit me up before uh, the game started. They said, hey, man, come down to the link. Come hang out with us. You know, we're going to tailgate, whatever. I know you like to go back home and watch the games. Uh, obviously, I didn't go back to the crib and watch the games. I, I hung out with the rest of my friends and everybody else at uh at Kavanaugh's Rittenhouse. I don't want to give them too much of a shout-out, but, you know, shout-out to Cavs Rittenhouse because they have provided a quality watch. And uh, it was just fun, man. It was just good being around the folks. Uh, the wind was crazy. The The weather out here was nasty. Um, man, I, I don't know how the Eagles keep winning by the skin of their teeth, but it's, it's getting crazier and crazier every week. And I feel like anytime there's a close game, they're still just going to pull it out no matter what. Like, I'm not afraid of a close game anymore. Like, Back in back last year when they were just blowing teams out, I was like, they have to blow teams out in order to, you know, get that W. But this year it feels like it's just a roller coaster each time that they play a game. And this week might have been the craziest one. So, you know, shout out to the birds, shout out to Jalen Hurts, uh, shout out to my guy Brian Johnson. I know they were showing him some hate, but I felt like he called a decent game this week. Shout out to the defense, Sean Desai. Let's go, birds, man. You know, I'm a I'm a diehard fan, so let's go, birds. There you go. Cliff is feeling. If you're a fan, it's a great season. Like it's not only are they ten and one, but every game center, it's, it's probably more and it's more entertaining than last year when you're just sitting guys in the fourth quarter. Every it's like if you can guarantee every game comes down to the end, but your team's gonna win, uh, then that ends up being a very yeah. good. Season. Now the Eagles are ten and one. Now if I put on if I take off my Eagles fan hat and I put on my NFL analyst betting slash betting hat, I would tell yeah. you a team coming off of two comeback victories against two incredibly tough opponents, one on the road in Arrowhead, and then a short week against Buffalo, is extremely prime for a letdown game. And they're going up against a 49ers team that, let's be honest, this is their, the, the Niners want to win this game so bad. A little bit embarrassing, a little bit awkward, a little bit cringy how much the Niners, <laughs> Niners are into this. Give me a fun week of quotes, I'm sure. A lot of bulletin board, this and that. And certainly the Eagles will feed off that too. Maybe the Eagles, you know, are gonna come out super motivated, super fired up because of that. But in general, I would say on paper, this team is just with the, the close games that they've won, uh, you know, the uh the, the last four games have all been one score games, this team is in a position where they're they're looking like they're gonna hit a letdown spot at some point. If and if that's not against the Niners, it'll run uh, next week at, at Dallas, divisional game, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, like there's just they're they feel primed for it. Eagles hat back on, go, go freaking birds. Uh, we don't lose, so don't worry about it. But that's this this Niners game coming up with how the defense performs, some of the injuries, right? If you have no Fletch, if you have, again, no Zach Cunningham, so Christian Ellis has to play linebackers against the Shanahan offense, really scary stuff. Like this, this does feel like a bit of a stinky spot for the Eagles upcoming. They're, they're a little bit unhealthy at the wrong time. They played some really close, tiring games because they had 92 snaps for the defense. It's something to watch for for this Niners game. With that said, and I can't stress this enough, go birds. See, this was kind of the letdown game for two and a half quarters, and they won the letdown game. I think there's going to be they so don't much lose. juice for so that game. So that's the tough thing yeah. about the letdown I game mean, is they're obviously not going to lose. So how does it you know, kind of I manifest mean, itself? If Cliff thought it would, the tailgates were fun this week, I mean, that's going to be a play. That's going to be an NFC championship like atmosphere because. You said it. The Niners fans, I was listening to an interview uh, with Matt Barrows, who does a great job 
um, covering the 49ers. And this was like two weeks ago. And he's like, yeah, the 49ers already have that Eagles game circle. The question wasn't, he, he's like, the 49ers have that Eagles game circled yeah. on their calendar. They have, you know, he was saying something. Long week of rest for them you know, too, coming they, off of yeah. Seattle. Like, yeah. They feel like they got cheated with their quarterback going down. And then how Eagles fans were treating some of their family during that game. And then he doesn't need to report that. The 49ers have been saying that literally for like the last 10 months. So Eagles, you know, the Eagles players and organization, uh, they hear that too. So that is going to be a super chart. That's going to be, I, I can't remember many regular season games in recent memory that are going to have as much juice uh, as that one. So that's going to be uh, fun. And then, yeah, then you go to Dallas next week and it's like you're going to Dallas. Now that one you can actually probably afford to lose and still win the division. We will see. But uh, yeah, it, it is something. Two game lead on the rest of the competition. All right. I think that'll do it this episode i don't think i I probably missed like seven big things i don't know there was too much to keep up with i have an organized google doc and then it gets to two minutes left in the fourth quarter and i'm like all right i'm just writing down weird things now uh i don't know we'll get to some of it we won't get to some of it but uh thanks to everybody for listening remember yeah go ahead i said i said it to you in the pre-show shield we will give a cogent organized post-game show when they play a cogent (laughs) organized game (laughs) <laughs> we are we will reward a regular game with a regular post game show for as long as we get these games we're getting psycho crazy post game shows it's just it's just uh it's just chaos after that all right thank you to benjamin Solak. thank you to ace producer cliff augustine i'll be back wednesday with sean he'll break down the film of this game and of course look ahead to the monstrous eagles 49ers matchup till then everybody have a Great week. We'll talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly Special. must be 21 plus and present in select states FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in kansas under an agreement with kansas star casino llc gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com rg in colorado iowa kentucky michigan new jersey ohio pennsylvania illinois tennessee and virginia call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. 
Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. 